you're listening to Heather Hilda Darling on Let's Talk Property. And my guest today is somebody I know very, very well, James Duffy. And you've probably got to know him very well as well over the last couple of years. Now, I need to thank James. He's he's taking time out of his busy day to talk about something that came to our attention regarding uh, Brighton and Hove City Council's backtracking on plans to clamp down on short-term lets. So naturally, I wanted to speak to an expert in all things letting. So that's why James is here. Let's start off at the beginning, shall we, James? What's the difference between a holiday or a short-term let and what we know as an AST, an assured short-hold tenancy? Okay, well, I suppose the basic principle would be the, the, the main difference is the, the length of the tenancy stroke occupation of the uh, tenant or person living in the property so a short-term holiday let is generally definitely under six months and and a short short hold tenancy would be over six months closer to a year that someone would be taking a tenancy and hopefully longer than that and the other difference obviously would be the security of the tenure for the person that's living there someone in a holiday let or a short term let has a lot less security than someone that's in an assured short hold tenancy where they have a, a lot there's a lot more protection uh, around uh, how they can live there and, and how they are able to be asked to leave the property uh, via the end of tenancy process so the other differences would be around how landlords can see the pros and cons between short-term lets and holiday lets versus a short short hold tenancies. And there's probably a list of those that we can go on to talk about a bit later on. But that's really a summary of, of the key differences, really. And let's be honest, Brighton and Hove, uh, the surrounding districts from Worthing, Littlehampton through to New Haven, Eastbourne, all along the south coast. We are an area that people flock to wanting to live and yeah. wanting to holiday here. Yeah. Yeah. So this has become a particular problem in Brighton and Hove. And, you know, clearly uh, we've had an industry that's gone through lockdown. We've had hotels, B&Bs that have probably had to close as well. Can you give me some idea why this issue of short-term lets raises temperatures? Yes, as you say, it's very topical, uh, specifically in our city, but it's happening up and down the country and also in in, in European countries as well. But the reason why it's uh, raising temperatures and is a lot more at the forefront of everyone's mind is because there is there's been a, a real reduction in the availability of rental properties uh, on the market for long term lets, as in short short hold tenancies and the knock-on effect to that is supply and demand where it's that the rents have increased because there is a lot more people chasing those properties and in addition to that local authorities have really fallen short of doing their bit to provide affordable rental properties to um, fill the gap for when the stock gets reduced within the private rented sector so because there's such a reduction in stock and because the rents are so high, um, there is a, a, a lot of properties being advertised on the um, holiday let sh stroke short term let market, um, which has now got a lot of people's attention. And the question is being asked, why is that? The reason that is coming back from the people that own these properties and that are put are switching from the private rented sector to the short term market is basically because of the 
additional taxation, additional legislation that is put on them within the private rented sector and the lack of um, legislation and in some cases taxation, um, but that's that's up for debate about how they're recording that, about why they're switching to the pro- to the short-term market. And the short-term market gives them more flexibility. They, they can get the property back uh, a lot easier. And in some cases, landlords are saying that the properties are having less wear and tear on the short-term market because the people that are occupying them aren't using all the facilities as much as they would be if they were living there full-time because they're they're out and about and they're you know they're they're probably eating out more or they're buying in food more rather than using all the kitchen appliances so there's a whole raft of reasons why people are doing it that is why it's at the top of everyone's agenda now because um there is more properties on the short-term market than there is on the on the private rented sector market I mean, we mustn't get this confused with the sort of share a room either, must we? It, no. It's not a share a room for which um, you, you're allowed so much per year to earn as income on mm. a property for a let room. Now, Labour councillor Amanda Evans, so I've been reading, said there are a lot of professionals involved with this. That's a short term let's who are making a lot of money, not paying tax on it and harming our tourist industry now you have just mentioned about obviously the tourist industry Mm. but you've also mentioned that people are going out and spending which is something we also want and of course one of the things that the council had hoped to do was to set up a registration scheme Mm. and of course we we don't know how many people are involved there's probably lots of comings and goings of people coming for weekends and it's only really if there are perhaps uh, nuisances with noise or antisocial behaviour. But that doesn't apply to everybody, does it? No, it doesn't. And there is a balance to be had about tourism. There is definitely a place for short-term lets and holiday lets. But the balance is, is going too far the other way. And it's really affecting local communities where they are unable to rent and stay in the area that they work or where they've got family because people do want to rent. They don't all want to buy. And this is an, having an impact on the community cohesion um, and um, when you look at um, holiday lets and short-term lets, they're not all causing nuisance and antisocial behaviour, but there is an element of that. But I think there is a bigger discussion that needs to take place. It, I see that the decision locally in the council was that it wasn't supported across the council with other uh, political parties because they, they've said they want to feed into the main consultation that's going on at central uh, government about the impact of short-term lets and affordability in the private rented sector. And I have to say, I do actually agree that I think that rather than having this knee-jerk reaction locally, although I think it does need to be addressed, I think it does need to go through a lot more of uh, consultation and scrutiny because there is a bigger picture here that no one is making private rented sector attractive what they're doing they're pushing people away from that sector and serious questions need to be asked why to because they're providing a very vital part of the housing stock and so local councils and central government need to really have this as a a, a proper discussion and involve all sorts of stakeholders to really make sure that when policies are introduced they're not going to have a a secondary impact that then we have to revisit again because there's lots of examples of that. I'm I'm sort of pleased that that's going to the council have decided that it needs to have um, you know more of a centralized discussion rather than just being 
a knee-jerk reaction. Well, I, I think that's right. You can't just rush in um, a registration scheme no. and hope that it works. And also, there is a sort of a sentiment that, oh, all landlords are unscrupulous mm. and uh, they'll make money whatever they can. But I think a lot of people forget that being a landlord is a business. Mm. And, of course, every business has to make money. And if a landlord, I, I mean, we haven't got any landlords who suddenly decided to stop renting and, and start, you know, letting out their properties on short let. Correct no. me if I'm wrong, no, but we no, haven't. Right. No, we haven't. No, um, no. And, of course, what landlords want is longevity they of uh, tenancies so mm. that they know they've got regular income. So, yep. you know, there's there's too much scaremongering mm. i know they have had problems in other areas of europe where mm. people are coming and going all the time but that's not certainly what we found and perhaps if you as a listener have seen areas that have been taken over by short lets you can get in touch with us and let us know mm. um quite simply bringing in a scheme to regulate airbnbs short let uh weekend letting these party houses that that they say there's over 3000 in brighton and hove i'm not a party animal and i've never been invited to any of these no. places so no. you know i wouldn't know um how are they getting these numbers how are these numbers being divulged I I actually don't know. I, I haven't know. seen the, the data on that. I don't know how they've arrived at that. They, there mm. isn't no, um, in the, in the re press release they're doing, there's no data that sort of tells us where they're getting that from. It's something that probably should be delved into a lot more. I would imagine it wouldn't take too much for them to look on the short-term websites to see a snapshot of a, of, of a search, how many were available to, to rent out at a particular time in a particular postcode, that would probably be a place where they would start. How scientific that is, I don't know. But I think there's, a, as you know, there's a balance to be had. We need tourism. There are people that want a short-term let. Locally and, and also nationally, I do think that there has to be a handle on how much of that stock goes into, into a particular sector and not the others. And ask the question, why is stock transferring to that sector? Is there, you know, you need to be looking at what you're doing about taxation about legislation and making it attractive and as you touched on you know there is this you know sweeping statement that you know all, all landlords are are not professional and, and, and are rogue landlords and um that that isn't the case there is a lot of uh, good landlords and where there are bad landlords then there is a mechanism to deal with those and that's where the effort should be focused on not focus on everyone being bad let's focus on the people that need to be dealt with but that's a slightly different conversation to doing a local license scheme without mm -hmm. looking at the, all of the data and the impact because the impact, what they've done on the private rented sector, and in my opinion, they didn't listen correctly to all of the stakeholders, that has had consequences, which has now meant the reduction of stock in the private rented sector. I mean, there was, there was a survey carried out between 2008 17 and two and 2021 and it is estimated that private rented sector decreased by 300,000 households uh during that period uh according to the government's english private landlord survey so that is a, a big reduction that is that trend is continuing and the question needs to be asked why and then you'll get to the bottom of people not switching over but as you say Heather actually we as an organization haven't had any of our private rental sector landlords switch to short-term lets so I think it, it is a, it's a different type of professional or, or landlord that's that, that's actually going into that market because of 
the returns that they can get uh, in that market. And I suppose this is the crux of the matter, isn't it? That if the council thinks that landlords are making money without paying the tax on it, but yeah. quite rightly, you said, well, do a snapshot of a property portal of, yeah. um, you know, these shortlets. It can't be beyond, um, you know, the possibility of the council to check which are being advertised who is the owner of that property? For all we know, there could be tenants as well subletting properties mm. for uh, weekends if they're going away themselves. Mm. Um, so, you know, we mustn't make assumptions anywhere, but there's all where, where money is to be made. There's always a way of avoiding paying tax until you're, you're bought. And mm. I would have thought that that would have been a much easier way or maybe, you know, a please let the council know if almost like a, an amnesty for landlords who suddenly decided to change from uh, the private rented sector to short term lets. But that's not for me to decide. I'm certainly not a councillor and I don't have any power in that quarter. So what I would like to find out as well is obviously we know that within the letting sector there is so much legislation um i think at the last count it was over 170 pieces of legislation so when you're doing a short-term let clearly you will need to provide furniture because where do people sit where do they sleep you know what appliances do they use and we know full well that you know you have to have furniture and safe furniture and furnishings mm -hmm. that you have to have smoke alarms that you have to have carbon monoxide de detectors how much do we know that these short-term let are following uh the health and safety legislation we don't do we we don't no we mm -hmm. don't know who's checking it we don't know who's policing it i think it's i think it's self sign off and it falls that you know these type of tenancies fall outside of the housing act and that's where a lot of the you know the teeth in in the protection of safety and, and tenants uh, rights um you know sits so it's technically deemed as a holiday let i mean we're yet to see if there's been a, a like a real serious safety incident in one of these about how that is uh, dealt with through health and safety and through any type of recourse to the actual person that's renting it out so um at the moment there doesn't seem to be much policing of that sector in terms of safety no and also i think if you're coming down for a weekend or a long weekend the last thing you want is a landlord taking you through all the safety precautions mm. just in case because you want to get on with your holiday, don't you? Mm -hmm. I think I think the consumer here probably just sees this a bit like a hotel. I mean, when you check into a hotel, you just expect it to be safe. You don't expect to not have a, a fire alarm go off if there's a fire. You don't expect there to be an unsafe socket or a kettle or whatever. So I think that the consumer is making an assumption that everything that they are you know, spending their period of time in is actually safe. Uh, I've never used AMB, if I'm completely honest, I've never used AMB, so I've never been through that process. So I don't know how much you as a consumer has to really take that risk. But um, as you say, when people are booking these breaks, they are just looking for the, the convenience, the dates that they need. And, you know, their priority is different to taking a, a tenancy for 12 months where it's going to be their home and they, they're looking for different things. That's interesting you should say that about a home a home isn't a place it's a feeling and we know that because we have lots of tenants who stay a lot longer than the uh, minimum six months in their properties mm. 
How much do you agree with that statement? Um, I do agree with that. Yes, I mean, I, I do really think that when people go to commit to a property, whether it, we're talking about lettings in this instance, but it's it's some people, I mean, we've got people that are in the properties for five years um, and they started off on a, on a six or 12 month tenancy. And um, it, it, it is a feeling that they feel comfortable, safe, and they can call it can call it home. And that's why there's a big debate about when people have to be moved on because it's, it is their home. So it's important that people feel that they can put down their roots and have longevity somewhere and it's a different type of transaction to a short-term let. So that's why it's important that the availability of these, these properties continue. And in the absence of that, then local authorities need to start providing uh, properties to, so people have somewhere to live. Yes, I think you're referring to the uh, rent reforms with the Section 21 there, but we're not going to go down that no. route, James. <laughs> so let's just consider, for example, um, a landlord... He's heard that maybe a friend of his or people are making lots of money from short lets, maybe weekend lets. What three recommendations would you make to them about preparing to make a change from going down the AST route to short term lettings? What would your top three recommendations be? Okay. Um, so the first one, obviously, I would say is that to make sure that where the properties that you're thinking of switching from private rented sector to short term lets to make sure that that market has a demand for short term let property. So research the market that you're in, because not all locations, I mean, if we're talking about Brighton Hove, then it, the probability of having a demand for short term let is very high. But uh, we could have listeners and people that have got properties outside of Brighton Hove. And I would say, do your research. The property may not be suitable for short-term lets for where the property is located. That's the first thing. Consider that you as the landlord have the required extra resources to deal with the extra work that's required in turning around the property for in between occupancy. It's very different to a private rented sector property because you've got to turn it around very quickly to keep the occupancy high. And the standard has to be very good because people are paying a, a lot more money for their time there and um, their expectations would be higher. So if you, have to, if you haven't got the time to do that, who you're going to employ to do that, and does that eat into your profitability? There are others, but I suppose the last one I would say is that if your property is leasehold, I would be suggesting that you need to be checking the terms of your head lease because your head lease may not allow you to do this type of rental, so you could be in breach. In addition to that, if it's leasehold or even freehold and you've got a mortgage on the property, you should be checking your mortgage conditions to ensure that it allows you to do that type of short-term let because um, not all of them do. James, as usual, very, very useful advice for everybody. Thank you very much for joining me.